Morning, church. Pastor Glenn is gone this week on vacation, his last one of the year, and it's a real privilege for me to share with you today. Can you believe it that uh, this is the last week of the year? Two days left in 2013, and then a whole new year. 2014 is almost here. I tell you, those sands of time are just flowing, aren't they? So as we think about this, what this means for this week and even for the message today, I, two things I think we should think about. Number one is the excitement of looking forward. A fresh start, a new calendar, get to rip that old one off the wall and put up the new one with new pictures, new experiences. The year 2014 will bring us new opportunities. That's a great word. Opportunities for growth, opportunities for worship, relationships, mission, etc. There's just something about new things. I remember last week, there was some guy in the church was getting a brand new Ford F-150 pickup truck was sitting out in the parking lot. That's pretty exciting. I've never had a new car. We always buy those pre-owned ones. So it's pretty exciting to get something new, isn't it? Can anybody relate with that? And then, so the excitement of looking forward. Number two, the satisfaction of looking back. Reflecting on the accomplishments and the memories of 2013. Wisdom tells us that before we leave the past behind, it's good for us to evaluate. So I thought we would take a few minutes today to do that. There's an old guy named Socrates. He said this once, the unexamined life is not worth living. By the way, does, uh, does anyone have a copy of the sermon notes? Anybody need one? Uh, the ushers have a few extras. If anybody, just hold your hand up if you'd like one here. As a former college professor, we've learned that you can pick more up if you take notes. I always like my students to take notes. Figured they were getting more. Another one right up here. Socrates was a Greek philosopher, and he thought it was a really good thing for us to examine our lives. And I've always liked Socrates, but as I was looking at this quote, I was thinking, well, that's kind of neat. Sounds wise. I wonder if the, the Bible agrees with that. And so I looked up a couple verses, and I thought, well, didn't Paul tell us in Corinthians to let a man examine himself? Yeah, he did. And then there's this passage in James 1.23. Can you folks read it with me? Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. I did that this morning. I looked in the mirror and my hair was all messed up. I needed some makeup and you know, I thought I just can't go away without, I've got to look good. So there's a principle of life, and I don't think James is just talking about the outward appearance. I think he's talking about spiritually, too. It's good for us to look in our lives in the mirror of God's Word and say, how am I doing? Where am I at with my relationship with God? So I really believe this is a good time of year for us to do this. Before we leave 2013 behind, we should stop, examine ourselves, and say, where am I at? What do I need to work on for the new year? The unexamined life is not worth living. A little more background information before we jump into that. Uh, let's talk about change. Change is a, a, a bad word. Some people don't like change. In fact, there's an old saying, the only person that really likes change is a baby with a wet diaper. So sometimes we don't like this word, but change is an important word. And so let me, let's talk about three principles of change that we need to look at as we look at this new year. Number one, change is a necessary part of life. It's necessary. The only things that don't change are dead things. Rocks, minerals, 
And even out in Colorado, those dead rocks, even over the years, they even change with the erosion and the wind and the rain. So change is like a necessary part of life. Number two principle is that growth equals change. Growth equals change. Here's a fact. If a living being is not changing, it's not growing. We learned this in biology class. It's like a snake shedding its skin. It can't grow to a bigger unless it gets rid of the old one, which is holding it back. Perhaps this year, some of us will need to shed an old skin in order to grow to the next stage of our life, the next step of our journey. So just remember, growth equals change. So even though we don't like it, it's, it's important for all of us. The third principle of change that we need to understand this morning is the principle of time and seasons. The wise man, Ecclesiastes, says, for everything there is a time and there is a season. And we're really aware of that this week. Is that God has designed the world and us to operate according to times and season. There are days, and we get a break from a day. If you have a bad day, get a fresh start the next day. I maybe have had a bad day. Okay? It's nice to forget that one and move to a good day, isn't it? And then there are weeks. There's good weeks, and there's really busy weeks. And then those weeks are gone. We get a new one. Then there's months. And then there's years. And right now, we're coming to the change of a year. 2013 is wrapping up in two days. 2014 is coming. This is a time and a season. It's good for us to be aware that God likes seasons. And he created us that we need New Year's. I know there's a lot of skeptics out there. And they always say, eh, New Year's resolutions. Everybody breaks them anyway. You know, they get kind of negative. But I don't think that's God's perspective. And even though we aren't 100%, you don't hit the moon, it's still worthwhile to examine our lives and look at them and look ahead and set goals. I really think that that's biblical. You can find goals in the scripture and plans and purposes and vision and examination. These are all spiritual ideas. So there's a natural rhythm to life. Each new year is part of that rhythm. And this is a time right now, today, to stop and reflect, it's a good thing for us to do and say, where am I at in my life and in my journey? So three principles of change. And then there's three truths about God that we also need to understand. Number one is that God is the changeless God. Malachi 3.6, I, the Lord Jehovah, do not change. Our God is changeless, Okay. Now, there's a couple things we need to... This is so strange for us because change is all part of our lives. Here's three reasons why God does not change. Uh, First of all, God's character does not change. His character. He is perfect. He is pure. He is sinless. He is holy. So he doesn't need to change. He can't change because this is actually part of his changes. He's, He's timeless. So it's his character that doesn't change specifically. Secondly, God is perfect. Therefore, he does not need to improve. He does not need to grow or mature in any way. Whereas we are not perfect. Right? Are you with me on that? Okay. Wives, are your husbands perfect? No answer? (laughs) Okay. We all know we're not perfect, right? We all need to grow and change. We're humans. We're We're on a progression. We're on a journey. So we do need to change because we need to grow. But God does not. He doesn't need to improve or grow or change in any way because he's already perfect. And then thirdly, God is timeless. He does not change with time. 
He created time itself. He exists outside of the dimension of time. Revelation says he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's there before the beginning. He's there after the end. Time is just a little thing that he created. He told Abraham, I am the I am, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am. I always exist. I'm always in the present. I am here, there, everywhere. So God is timeless, whereas we are not. We wake up every day and every month, and oh, there's a new wrinkle. Time is getting you, buddy. You got more sagging here, bagging there. Things that used to work last year don't work this year. Are you with me? Can I hear an amen? We are not timeless. We are going with time. But God is timeless. Therefore, he does not change. The changeless God. Number two, though, he is the God of newness. Here's our passage that we read today, Isaiah 42. Is He says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it is springing up. Do you not perceive it? This is exciting. God is always doing something new. He's very creative. Did you know that God rarely ever repeats himself? There was only one burning bush. There was only one Red Sea, right? One time the walls of Jericho fell down. There was only one Jacob's ladder with angels coming up and down. There was only one time where the three Hebrews boys were in the furnace and only one lion's den. You know, some of us like, I would like to do the lion's den thing like Daniel. And God says, no, no, I already did that once. I'm not going to repeat myself. I'm into new things. I'm more creative. I'm not like those guys in Hollywood that do one reality show. Then they keep doing 10, 15, 20 reality shows until they're all boring, right? You guys notice that? They're copycats. God does not copycat. He is always creative, always doing something new, which means as we look at 2014, God is going to do something new. Yeah, are we ready for it? That's what Isaiah says. Do you perceive it? Are you ready for God to do something new in you, in us, in this church, in this community? He did a lot of great things in 2013. Before we leave it, we should... Uh, we were talking about that as a staff, just all the things that have happened here. I mean, the children's playground, you know, the grass, the new video. He's done a lot of physical things, but he's also done a lot of spiritual things in us this year. And so we should stop and say, thank you, God. 2013 was a great year. You did awesome things here. But I can't wait for 2014 because he's a God of newness and he's going to do something new. Problem with people is we like to think in the Think in the past. Live in the past. I've heard many Christians, they talk about these great revivals. And I love revivals. I've studied them. Martin Luther. I was just reading a book this week about Wesley's revivals in England. Great things. Exciting. The Great Awakening, Azusa Street, on and on. He's done, somebody said there have been 62 major revivals in the last couple hundred years in America. 62. And a lot of people say, oh, if we could just go back to the good old days and have a Wesley revival again. But you know what? God is not into redoing old revivals. He's not. God is so creative, he is moving in new ways, and he wants to bring new forms of revival. Not the Western revival, but a new one. Is that okay? He's into newness. New things are springing up. Are we ready for him to do something new among us? That's the question of the day. Number three, he's not only the God of newness, but he is the God of change. And we've said change is an essential part of the Christian life. Look at what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 18. Can you read this with me? 
Jesus said to his disciples, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus says, you guys got to change. He even calls us. We got to change. I said, I don't like changing, Jesus. He says, that's okay. I'm calling you to change. We need to change. Or letter B, uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, he says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. There's our new word again. God's really into newness. So this coming year, God wants us to give up the old things, the old ways of life, the old character. Did you know the purpose of the cross is to kill off the old things, the old dead things in our lives that need to go? That's good theology and Romans. The old person, the old sin nature, the old man must die. Paul talks about letting, taking off the old, putting on the new garments, letting the old man die on the cross with Christ so that we can walk in newness of life. So in 2014 should be a year of more of the old dying so that the transformation process can continue. So we have to trade in the old car before we get the new one, don't we? Sometimes we have to clean out all the old junk out of our house and give it away, sell it at garage sales until we can get the new. You have to make space for the new. So as we're examining our lives this week, think about what are some old things that it's time for me to give up. Time for me to let go of these things so I can have some space for God to do something new in me this year. In Romans chapter 12, Paul also writes this, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So not only change, this is change on steroids. This is transformation. I love this word. In the Greek, it's metamorpho. In the English, we get the word metamorphosis. How many of you remember studying metamorphosis in biology class, science? Yeah, that's the word. And it's all about caterpillars becoming butterflies. So we come in and we're caterpillars. We come into the church and God says, okay, I want you to go in that little cocoon. I want you to kind of die and you're going to come back a butterfly. You're going to come back an entirely new creation that can fly. I I love butterflies. They're so beautiful and neat and they just float around. It's so much better than being a worm, isn't it? That's what God wants to do. Turn us as a bunch of worms into butterflies. So that's what he wants to do this year. Now, how does he do this? Here's some practical things. How? By changing the way we think. How many of you know everything in our life starts with thinking? As you think in your heart, so are you, right? The wise men said in Proverbs. He, by changing our attitudes. Some of us still have attitudes. My dad used to always have this phrase called stinking thinking. you got to get rid of your stinking thinking, Tom. you know? you got these bad attitudes. they got to change. God wants to change our attitudes, the way we think. As a fact, that's what it says there in, in Romans 12 too. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Change starts in the mind, by how we think, by our attitudes, by changing our values. You know, sometimes we've adopted the values of the society around us, and they're really not lining up with God's values. God's values are different. Yeah, are you with me? Okay, or changing our desires. The Bible talks a lot about the desires of our heart, what we're seeking, what we think is important, our desires. God wants to change some of those this year, I believe. And then he wants to change our habits. Now we're getting into the area of behavior. Now notice all the thinking things before we get to behavior. You've got thinking, attitudes, values, desires. We can put in there philosophies. 
And then we finally get change in our behavior, our habits. And then if you start changing your habits, then we actually change our culture. Now, this word culture is an interesting word. Culture just means the way we do everything. It's what we do. It's how we live our life. It's a culture. We have an American culture. We have a Southern culture. We have a church culture. We have a family culture, the way we do things. And God wants to change some of those because some of the ways we're doing things aren't his ways. And so he says to us today, I'm the God of newness. I want to do some new things. Are you open? I love that about the, our, our Methodist uh, theme is like open hearts, open minds, open doors. So we're going to be tested here this week. Are we open to what God wants to speak to us about and change us this coming year? Are our minds really open to think God's thoughts? Are our hearts really open for what he wants to do? Are our doors open for what the people God wants to bring us here into this church this year? And you say, wow, God wants to change all of that? Yep. Seems like a lot, doesn't it? Gives new perspective on 2014. And some people say, well, doesn't God love me and accept me just the way I am? Yeah, he does. Just like the prodigal son. He loved him just the way he was. He came home. The father didn't beat him with a stick. He just hugged him and, and loved him and kissed him and put a new robe on him and new shoes. He loved him just the way he was. But, but there's another big but here. God loves us too much to let us stay that way. You guys practice saying that with me? This is very important. Turn to the person next to you and say, God loves you too much to let you stay that way. (laughs) Yeah, just like parents. We love our kids, don't we? But we want them to grow up. We don't want them to stay six-year-olds forever. And so sometimes we say, you got to change. you got to learn to clean up your room. you got to learn to, you know, brush your teeth by yourself. The kids go, I don't want to do that. You know, Dad, can't you tie my shoes all my life? No, you've got to learn to tie your own shoes. I love you as a six-year-old, but I don't want to let you stay there. I want you to grow up. Same thing with God. He loves us right where we're at, but he wants us to continue growing and becoming like Christ. Amen? And that's why we have to change and be transformed and be open to that. So remember... It is God's will to conform us all to the image of Jesus Christ. Romans 8, verse 29. So the question is for you today, I throw it out. Are you willing to allow God to change you this year to mold you more into the image of Jesus? Are we willing as a church to embrace the changes that God is going to bring us this new year? Because he is the God of newness. Behold, I am doing a new thing. It springs up. Do you not perceive it? Are we going to see it or are we going to miss the new thing that God is doing? That's the question. In order to help us with this, on the back of your sermon notes, I have placed a life inventory. Okay? We have some good time here. Why don't we take three minutes and just kind of fill this out briefly. Is he not our God? Can he not shape us the way he wants to this year? Good thoughts for us to reflect on. Would you join me in prayer, please? Father God, thank you so much that even though you are changeless in your character, that you are creative and you are the God of newness and you're the God of second chances. We thank you for a new year and another chance, another opportunity, Lord, to grow, to love, to serve, to minister to others, to do your work. 
another opportunity for worship, Lord, and, and study and prayer and witness. We're kind of excited, even as we look at the new year coming, Lord, of the opportunities that are going to be there. Lord, help us to be open to what you're going to do, to be listening to the still, small voice of your spirit as you speak to us and as you lead us. Help us not to miss those opportunities that you bring our way. So, Lord, we just surrender to you. We know you want to change us this year, to cause us to grow spiritually, to mature. Lord, we know you want us to become more sanctified, more holy, more set apart, more committed to you. So we surrender to that. Lord, to become more like you, more humble, more submissive, and more loving, we surrender to your work in our lives. Lord, to become a better worshiper, to be more expressive in our love for you, more obedient, and to walk in greater freedom, shape us, great potter. And Father, to become a better disciple of Jesus, a better learner, a better follower, a better student, Oh, help us, God. And become a better lover to love you, God, more and to love others more. Help us. Lord, help us to become a transformed thinker, to learn to think your thoughts, God, and follow your ways, which are higher than our ways. To that end, we surrender ourselves into your hands, Father, trusting that you know best. Amen.